Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. If you notice, if you don't mind, Joshua 24, 15 reads as follows. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, notice he said that this was something that's personal to him. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Based on that, I want to talk about for a few minutes on this topic, the results of serving the Lord. The results of serving the Lord. Results can be defined as an outcome, a cause, or a consequence of something. Results are the impact has something in them that can either help us or hinder us. For example, many times we go to the doctor and get a physical, they may ask for blood to complete a series of tests known as the comprehensive metabolic panel to determine from their perspective how we are doing. They may measure our glucose glucose level, cholesterol levels, calcium, sodium, and potassium and other levels to determine how we are doing. Once they receive those results or those outcomes, they will recommend a plan of action to help us maintain or improve our results. And see, results are a product of our choices. It's a result of our choices. When a person looks at the results of a screening, it's most of the time, not in every case, but many times it's a result of the choices that we made beforehand. In order to get better results, we need to make better choices. And let me say that to you again. If you want good results, make good choices. Or like this, if you want godly results, you make godly choices. And that's the results we're looking for. And see, the choice to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior brings about the result of experience, his divine deliverance, protection, and prosperity, along with eternal life. And that, in my opinion, is the best results. And see, results and personal choices tend to work hand in hand, regardless if the outcome is favorable or not favorable. For example, if I want to improve or perfect my skills or my gift in playing instruments, I must practice consistently. If I practice two hours a day, four days a week, for example, my results will look differently if I just practice 15 minutes a day, two days a week. See, the sound, my confidence, my passion, and love for playing will provide results that reflect my practice time, whether it's a guitar or organ, drums, cymbal, saxophone, and so forth. Another example would be this. If I have the gift to sing and minister and worship, if I want to go to another level in my ministry, if I spend time meditating on the words of the song, studying the scriptures related to the song, practicing daily, when I sing the song on Sunday morning publicly or whenever it is, it will be different result than I thought than if I'm on my way to church, thought about a song and tell the musicians to hit the play of key 
display of seed and continue to play without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because you know the Holy Spirit can change the song in a minute now. That's his priority because this is his church, not mine. But prep time is still going to be prep time, though. You're just going to say, well, I'm going to wait till the Lord give me a song. No, he gave you a song. Prepare for it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get that caught up on that. Let me get back. A final example on results and personal choices. If I want to improve or perfect my gift to teach in whatever subject matter, but especially God's word, or if I want to be a better Christian, I must spend quality time studying, praying, meditating, looking up words and meaning of words and so forth. And when it comes allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me. And see, when it comes to teaching the word, I'm learning that I have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, listen to his guidance, and understand that he is the master teacher. If I spend two or three hours a day studying the word of God, listening to messages, studying scriptures, reflecting, pondering, and meditating upon God's word, my ability to teach will result in a different outcome than if I pick up the Bible once or twice a week for about 30 minutes. When I make an intentional choice to immerse myself in something, it will increase my chance of having a productive and favorable outcome. When I make the decision to immerse myself, involve myself in a particular activity or interest, it's going to give me a productive and favorable outcome as long as it is a godly choice. Because you can immerse yourself in evil as well. And then you get evil results. Uh, as faith walkers, we want results to be manifested in our lives to indicate that we have confidence in the written and revealed word of God to perform miracles and supernatural outcomes in our lives. And see, when we do that, we're not depending on our own way of doing things. See, immature eyes in the faith will, see, will say that they're making it happen. They're making the money. They're the boss on the job. They're in charge of everything. And it's obvious because God is less and less the focal point of their success. It says, I'm the cause for my success. And that's a problem. That's a problem. See, immature eyes begin to put God on the side. He becomes a God of convenience rather than a God, a sovereign God who has saving power to deliver, to protect, and to prosper. In other words, if I have time to pray, I'll pray. If I have time to come to church, i come to church. If it's convenient for me to come to church, i come to church. But if something comes up that really don't really matter about anything, I'm going to stay away from church. I might bring, I might or might not bring God his tithes and his offerings. I might, I might study his word or I might not study his word. I, yeah, I know Pastor Dobbs goes over several scriptures on Sunday, and that's good enough for me to last all the week long. I, got, I didn't get no amens right there, but I, I want y'all to think about that for a moment. See, it's not because I'm giving you word or, or giving you scriptures on Sunday. Hey, you still got Monday, you got Tuesday, you got Wednesday, you got Thursday, you got Friday, you got Saturday, and you got Sunday. Because let me tell you something. Life is real. Let me say that to you again. Life is real. And you can play with God all you want to, but let me tell you something. Life has a way of catching up with you. Life has a way of throwing you a curveball. Life has a way of not knocking on the door, but knocking down the door. 
Life has a way of bringing up a report that you didn't look for or ask for. It's just going to bring it up. Life has a way of telling your car, I'm going to act up right now. Life has a way of telling your money, a bill coming to mail. What, where that bill come from? I don't remember no bill like that. Life has a way of dealing with you. Life has a way of you, you, uh, turn into bed at night and feel a pain in your body. Life is real. Life is real. And you need a real God to answer real life. That's why I need in all my ways to acknowledge Him and He's gonna direct my path. Thank God it's for His grace. It's only by the grace of God that we are all here. See, Paul is clear regarding this letter. He said when he wrote this to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter two and verse eight, Ephesians chapter two and verse eight reads as follows. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's look a little closer at that scripture. For by grace, for by God's mercy and kindness and his favor, you have been saved. You have been delivered. You have been protected. You have been prospered through faith, through trust in his written and revealed word. And let me say this to you. When you get saved, it's not like you know every scripture in the Bible, but you trust that you are, you trust what God says. I'm a sinner. I need God to save me. And God is Powerful enough to save me and to keep me safe. You know that. I'm telling you something. It's going to change your life for the better. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift or an offering of God. See, grace is a gift. It's a result of God's love for us. For by grace, you are saved. We are saved. We are delivered. We are protected and we prosper. Through faith and not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. And then in verse 9 it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. See, not of our works, not of our acts, not of our deeds, not of our doing, lest we should even attempt to boast about anything. To take glory with reason or without reason. Why are we going to take reason with something that many times... When you break it down, we know we didn't do what some of that stuff we be talking about we doing. Can we be real? We went a whole day without lying. And now we say, oh my God, I must be delivered from lying. Give me two more days. You, you go a whole day without getting angry or getting mad or cussing somebody out. You're like, whoa, boy, I must be delivered from cussing. Give yourself about three more days. And let you get in the right situation and you realize it's God's grace that keeps you. It's God's mercy that helps you along the way. It's God's favor that protects you from yourself. I can get, I can get rid of demons, talking about all the demon spirits out there, but many times the demons can't work without a willing partner. I only got five amens right there, but that's okay. Though. It can only work if you're going to work with him. If you decide not to work with him, he's not going to work with you. That's why he says flee. Get away. Don't, don't submit to the influence of the enemy because he gonna try to influence you. He will try to get you in your job. You know that, right? He will try to get you with your family. You know that, right? He will try to get you watching television. You know that, right? Listen, don't, don't you let your, don't you let your guard down with the enemy because the enemy comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Life is real. Life is real. Not of your works. See, if we're ever tempted to boast as children of God and begin to 
believe that we're the reason for our success, our influence, our progress, and our prosperity, let us remember it's not of works, but by his grace, his favor, his mercy, and his kindness. So in verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 2, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, that which has been made the word. So God is making us to work. Why? Because he creates in us, he forms in us, and he shapes in us in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. What's a good work? Something that lines up with the word of God. Good works is not what I think good works is. And I'm just getting it out out your head. We got to learn what good works is. Good works is based on what God says is good works. I like that about God. And so we must remember that we are his workmanship. We were made to work for God. See, our salvation was designed or created or formed or shaped in Christ Jesus for good works. Everybody say good works. Which God has already prepared and he's waiting on us to walk therein. And I thank God he's got a good word for each and every one of us. In fact, it's not just for me. I want you to look around the sanctuary real quickly. He he wants that person to have good works. Good works. He wants everybody in here to do good works. Not of yourself. We can't be boasting about it. So you know when I break, get this microphone and start breaking out that C note, that thing sounds so good. I mean, about, whoo, breaking it down. I break it down to the ground in my hometown. I can't be bragging about it. I'm talking about, oh boy, I do sing good, don't I? I had a falling out today, Doc. Woo! No, nothing like that. Because that's God that's doing that. Because next time you can hear the note, your voice can go out. Cracking and everything. So I'm like, the, de- the devil in my throat. Now, he was in your throat before. I'm sorry, look, get out of there. We must choose to work for him, labor for him, and worship him. That's a choice we make. That's a choice for me. That's a choice for me. See, we must daily choose to yield our will to him and trust him with the results of our relationships, our jobs, our money, our power, and such like. Eventually, we'll be able to see who we have uh, have chosen because our results will yield an outcome that confirms our choices. And uh, you probably hear me say this for the next couple of weeks. Godly choices will equal godly results. And let me say this before I go further. I need everybody to understand where we're going, and it's probably the next couple of weeks. I want to help you with your choices. I want to help you with your choices. Because if you make godly choices, you're going to have godly results. But if you make jacked up choices, you're going to have jacked up results. That's why when you make a I'm sorry. Un- I'm sorry. Let me get the biblical term. I said jacked up. Ungodly choices. We need to repent quickly. So in turn, we don't get those godly, those ungodly results. Everybody see that? All right. Let's go and look for them. Joshua 24:15. Joshua 24:15. Let me say this. He created us in His image and His workmanship, but still He gives us the power to choose and to serve Him. And Joshua 24:15 reads as follows. This is where it really breaks it down. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. 
But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he knows what he says in this text. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day. Make a decision. Select a, and elect a choice for yourselves. Knows what he said this day. You can't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Tell mom and think about it or pray about it. No, he said make a decision. Make a decision who you're going to serve. Who you're going to serve. Who you're going to work for. Who you're going to labor for. And who you're going to be led by. And if it seems evil to you, I like that how it starts off. How did it become evil to him? Depending on who we are around and who we're listening to, serving God and working for God can begin to seem evil, bad, unpleasant, or displeasing. Once upon a time, you were, you were happier about worshiping God. But now it's evil. It's unpleasant. It's displeasing. It's bad. You serving God. You know, one of the things I thought about when I was looking at this text and meditating upon it, these people, Joshua was noticing or bringing to their attention that they were serving God at one point before it became evil. They were serving him and they were doing things for him and all of a sudden something happened. Paul put it like this, who has bewitched you? You were a person that was serving God. You were laboring for God. You knew God had brought you out of the land of Egypt, or in our case, out of the land of the dope, of the drinking, of the lying, of the bitterness, of everything else that we were having. You know God brought you out. And then you got here to the land, and now you're serving him, and all of a sudden, it becomes evil to you? What happened? Like what Paul said, who has bewitched you? Who got your mind thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking about? Who has you thinking that praying is evil? Who got you thinking that giving is evil? Who think, who got you thinking that worshiping God is all of a sudden become unpleasant? Who got you thinking that clapping for God ain't necessary anymore? Who got you thinking that lifting your hands in worship is no longer necessary? Because I've arrived now. Evil thoughts. Evil thoughts. Who got you thinking like this? Who got you thinking that witnessing is a thing of the past? I don't need to do it anymore. Who got you thinking that loving my neighbor is the wrong thing to do? But I can love certain neighbors, but I got to love every neighbor. Who got you thinking this? How is it all of a sudden it seems evil to you to serve the Lord? Oh, why, why are we getting so offended or hurt when people encourage us to give and grow in our giving? or prayer life, or studying the word, why do we get hurt or offended by stuff like that? 
We used to be encouraged. It's amazing to me that some people, when they're going through, oh, God, I need you to pray for me, my brother or my sister. I need you to pray because I'm going through a rough time right now. But as soon as that pressure is off, uh, I ain't got to do. All of a sudden, it seems evil to you. Evil to you. Evil to you. Doing the works of God is now evil. But you know what I found out, though? Just like in this text here, it's a sign that other gods are in the midst trying to get our attention. Desiring to be served. You don't want to give, sign that God of mammon is in the midst. Trying to get our attention. Talking about you can do more with that money than the church can. They don't need your money. Thinking that the God of Mammon will have you thinking, I can't give this much money to the church. I double my salary. You mean I had to give this much in tithes? Oh, no. No, it's the God who gave you the raise. Because of your giving. Now, you're thinking like better than you ever thought before. Man, you, you can't study the scriptures no more. You can't meditate on God's word day and night. When it's the God that you meditate on that calls you to think better than what you did before. What happened? Why all of a sudden that doing godly activities all of a sudden become evil? Why is it that you were in church every Sunday? Even when we were in the middle of a pandemic and you were here spreading out and everything else. But all of a sudden it's let off a little bit. It's an opened up. The country's opened up a little bit. Now you can't come for a couple of hours, two or three hours on Sunday morning. What happened? Why is this all of a sudden evil? Why all of a sudden is it evil? Man, that the beach and open back up. You got to go to the beach instead of. Now that the restaurant opened back up, they start opening back up. Now you can go to the restaurant. You can. I wonder. I, this is me thinking. I hope, I hope we don't do this. But I don't want that pandemic have to hit again. So some people can realize who God is. It's, we got to make a decision, y'all. It's a choice we make. And we make it every day. It's, we make it every day. We make it every day. Joshua was compelling the people to make a choice as to which gods or God they will serve. He was urging them to make a decision to which God are you going to serve. See, people have, and I know people have rights, rights to free speech, rights to vote, right to bear arms, and in some cases the right to remain silent. I was thinking about this when it comes to prison or jail. One of the things, one of the definitions, one of the definition is they control your choices. Because when you made a decision, it, the result is you broke the law. But now they control you, so you don't make, you can't make that decision to break the law. Joshua is letting them know you got a right to choose. You got a right to choose. And I believe truly choice is God's will for our life. But we can't forget about the results. Results. 
We can't forget about the results. Because results is what we got to look at. I've looked at this and I'm studying this. When you make a decision, behind every decision is a consequence, an action, a cause, or a result. You can't be making decisions and think there's no results going to be a part of that decision making. And let me say this to you. Don't think you're going to be controlling the results neither. Oh, I made this decision. I'm, I'm going to have a good result because of it. Really? Yeah, that, that, to me, makes you Lord and Savior. Because you got more power than God. Because that means that whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. I don't want that kind of power. I want God to be in, in, in charge of my results. Because I believe that when I give, it's going to be given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into my bosom. I want him to be in, in, in charge of my results. Because it does more for me than if I do it for myself. Everybody see that? Joshua understood scriptures like Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I'll call heaven and earth as witnesses, witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. I want you to notice something about this text. He says, I'll call heaven and earth as witness before you, excuse me, today against you that I have set before you. Notice what God set before you. He set before you life. And he set before you death. He set them before you. He also says this. I've set blessing and I've set cursing before you. But then he says, I want to help you. I want you to choose life. I want you to choose that. Now, hold on. You don't have to. But Joshua said, I want you to choose. Excuse me. Deuteronomy is written and says, I want you to choose life. Now, you don't have to. No, nobody going to force you to choose life. But understand, you're not controlled. You can't choose death and expect blessing outcome. Are y'all seeing the difference there? Notice what he says here. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants... No, it don't only affect you, but it affects your descendants. What's this? May live. And see, I believe um, Joshua understood this scripture. He understood this. Hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But listen, you got to understand that scripture as a child of God. Because you know what? I believe when he says this, when he says, I said life or being alive to God to you or death. And one definition of death I thought about when I read this was you're not alive to the things of God. Not alive to the things of God. And when people choose death, it's not many cases a physical death, but they just don't understand or they're not acquainted with or they have no relationship with God because what? They chose they have no, no, uh, excuse me, they have no relationship with God. 
He also set before them. He knows what God does. He said it before you. He doesn't make it. He just said it before you. I love that about God. He's a God of choice. He doesn't make anybody choose anything. But he does tell you these are the consequences. These are the outcomes. These are the results if you choose this particular pathway. If I set before you blessing or notice what you said, blessing or a definition for blessing is godly prosperity. Godly prosperity or cursing. Cursing is this. You're poor in the things of God. When you had the opportunity to be rich in the things of God. You had an opportunity to be rich in the ways of God, in the things of God, but you chose not to be. He said, you, he said that before us. And I believe that God wants us to be individuals who choose. That's why he says choose life. That, that's your choice now. I ain't going to make you do it. But this is, you got to choose what? Life. Now, you don't have to. Now, I like that about God. You don't have to. You know what I'm thinking about this? In Joshua's situation, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. If you don't want to serve him, he said, well, you know, you got to. I ain't going to say get out. But you don't have to be in his house. Because as for Joshua, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve who? The Lord. Well, I don't want to. I'm. I'm, I'm I don't want to serve the Lord. Well, you know, I don't think he, he was holding anybody against their will. <laughs> some of y'all got that. Some of y'all get that a little bit later. I give you the choice, and I'm showing you the outcome, so it will be your best interest to choose life and blessing. Notice this, choose life and blessings. Even when it comes to people that we love, our spouses, our parents, our children, our siblings, our friends, our loved ones, etc. Choose life. Choose life. Again, let's go back to Joshua 24, 15. If it seems evil you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself. Decide, select, or make a decision for yourself this day whom you will serve. Who you going to work for? Who you going to labor for? Who are you going to be led, led by? Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you, you land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, serving Jesus or the one true God influences how we think, how we talk, and how we conduct our lives. We can tell who controlling or affecting us by how we interact with others. You can tell who how people choose or who they chose at that particular time. Because I've learned over the years that people can choose Jesus uh, all day long and then get home and choose self. Choose anger. Choose pride. Choose, ah, I had to be good all day. Now I'm going to let my hair down when they get home. Who you choosing? Who you choosing? Do we create problems or do we create peace in situations? Do we escalate situations or do we de-escalate situations? We have to be like Joshua. When I'm paying the mortgage, the gas, the lights, buying food, we're going to be the one. That's the one non-negotiable. We're going to serve the Lord. Joshua let the readers know that as for his house, he will serve or he will labor for the Lord. See, we must make the decision for our household for really going to be progressive and advanced in our faith as faith walkers. 
The choice to serve God will yield a desirable outcome in every area of our lives and our household. And remember, we're talking about a godly outcome. We want a godly outcome for our household. We want our family to be saved. We want our family to be delivered. We want our family to be protected. And we want our families to prosper. That's why we're, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's why we pray. That's why we do what we do in our household. If you were dependent on Joshua, you're actually going to be one who served the Lord. Whether you wanted to or not, getting up and going to church may not have been an option as it is today. Serving and going and doing God's work was not an option in Joshua's situation. So you ask me the question, what happened to choice? Well, in this particular case, he was the head of household and he made the choice for him and his household. If you didn't want to live with Joshua, you could just do you. Do you? We live in a society where parents are giving too many choices to children without knowledge and understanding of God's word. And when they make a decision outside of the will of God and they got consequences, then you want us to pray that they don't get the consequence that they made the choice for. And we got and God has grace and God has mercy. Don't 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 never get me wrong. Don't never understand God has grace and mercy. He got had great. He has grace and mercy on us. Because I'll be honest with you, there are probably uh, four people in this sanctuary did not make all good decisions last week. And I'm one of the four. So three more people in the sanctuary that did not make good decisions all this week. So why we got to throw stones at somebody? You forget about it's God's grace that got you through the week. It's God's mercy that got you through the week. It's God's grace while you're still working today. Thank y'all five amens right here. Look, because some of us, you know, we would have towed that parking lot up if the, I'm sorry, let me, let me get back, let me get back, let me get back. See, the first man, Adam, well, the uh, first man, Adam, will have us choosing death if we're not careful, though. See, we, and the second man, Adam, was giving us life. Let's look at those two scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. It says this, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. He gave life. Out of God is the life that we experience or live in right now. Let's go to also Romans chapter 5, verse 19. Romans chapter 5 and verse 19. Reads as follows. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. See, when the last man, Adam, that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, gives you eternal life, then we have help or the Holy Spirit we need to ask for and allow him to come so in turn we can get help with our decision making. We can get help with our decision making. Now, we first of all have to have the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. See, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate guide. It's going to lead and guide us into all truth. It's going to help you with every decision making. Now, let me say this, and let's be, let's be, let's make it clear. Every decision that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives is not always going to be favorable to us, but it is going to work for our good. Let me prove it to you real quickly. 
Jesus was following the spirit. But where did he end up? In the desert, being tempted by the enemy. Now, you think, my God, why are you going to leave me being tempted by the enemy? It worked for his good. It worked for his good. It helped us. It helped every last person in this sanctuary. See, we can't be, uh, one, only when he comes, there's an exchange of power. See, you can't be led by him until the Holy Spirit comes. Let's go to John chapter 16 and verse 13. John chapter 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So we receive the last man, Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can ask for the Holy Spirit to come. And when he comes, we can, uh, comes or comes into being, is being known to us and established in us. We can, we can believe that God's going to help us with our decision making or the results that we are going to get. Why do you say that? Well, number one, he's going to guide us. He's going to show us the way. He's going to teach us in all truth. He's not going to speak or talk or tell anything on his own authority. And whatever he hears or he gives the ear to God's teaching, understanding, knowledge and understanding of God, attend to and comprehend, he will speak, he will utter, and he will tell. See, God is going to help us. He's going to reveal and make things known to us. And when he does that, it's going to give us better results. Better results. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to help you get better results. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to tell you to keep your mouth shut. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to have you to say something, and when you say it, it don't come out as hard as it did in your mind. You know, want to tell somebody off when the Holy Spirit got the hold of your tongue, it came out so nice and peaceful and so forth. But it, in your mind, though, it wasn't running nice and peaceful in your mind. You was angry, upset, uh, uh, you know, well, not y'all, but somebody else, no. And, but you know, the Holy Spirit will help you with that. But you got to acknowledge him so in turn he can direct your path. Many marriages right now have been, have been saved and still been saved by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. I don't give nobody, listen, I don't give nobody credit but the Holy Spirit keeping our marriages together. Single people, you're saved right now because of Jesus. Because your flesh would run buck wild if it wasn't for Jesus. Maybe not y'all, but somebody else. It's okay. Married couples, single people, everybody needs the Holy Spirit to help them. And he's there to help. He's there to help you. So in turn, you can get godly results. How many know the Holy Spirit can help you raise your children? Because you know your child different. I got one amen. I get everybody else. Well, your child is different. You need the Holy Spirit to help you to raise your children. That's why Joshua said, as for me and my household, I need God to help me. See, Joshua was not a person that just did it at church. He did it at his household. He served God in his household. Listen, listen, he had Bible, I believe to me, my opinion, he had Bible study in his household. He was worshiping in his household. As for me and my house. And see, his household, it just, it just extended over when they gathered together in the church. Just as, just, it was just an extension. 
See, it's hard when you got to pump people up who ain't seen talk to God in six days. They'll get a half amen right there. Get a part of amen right there. It is hard to give God glory when people haven't given God glory all week long and then they look at you. Hey, entertain me. Praise team. Entertain me. Muse me. Praise team. Make me feel something. Let me feel the tingles coming down from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. And then if you don't, I don't feel nothing, then you just wouldn't, you wouldn't anoint it, praise team. No, I take it that you were not. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lord, I shouldn't be saying that, but I want to bring it to everybody's level. We can't be dependent upon the praise team that would give God glory, but we got to bring God's glory into the house. But then it be like Joshua. It started at my house. I was giving God glory. So when you already got a fire going and you throw a log on it, but as soon as they hit that drum, oh God, here we go. So then the keyboard. But if it's praying, I'm going to be ready. But if I got to, you got to pump me up. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me. I got some more, some more time. To, I got some more time. I got to get back. I got to give y'all some more points here. And uh, I don't want to get. But y'all get that point, right? All right, good, good, good. If we're truly going to be led by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of truth, we must understand that he must first come. Because of what he is doing in our lives, we'll be able to make better decisions. When he comes, we can think better, we can talk better, and we can act better. And then we can lead our household better. We can do this according to scripture because why? We're going to get godly results. I'm going to get godly results. I don't, every father should be led by the Holy Spirit. Every mother should be led by the Holy Spirit. Every child should be led by the Holy Spirit. Every single person should be led by the Holy Spirit. Everybody should be led by the Holy Spirit. And when you are, and you yield to him, you're going to make better decisions. So in turn, you're going to get what? Better results. Better results. Better results. I believe that Joshua was led by God, so in turn, he could lead his household in like manner because he understood that following the plan of God is much better than his plan or any other plan. I must have the same kind of mindset that God's plan for my family my career, my business, my finances, my children, my church, my auxiliary, and so forth, that God has a better plan, and I need to lie with the written and revealed word of God, so in turn, I can get godly a godly outcome. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to constantly reveal his plan to me, which in my opinion is the best course for my family, my church, and for me. Lord, I need your spirit to guide me daily. Lord, I need you. I need to Lord, walk with you every day of my life. And everybody can tell sooner or later who you're serving. Because it becomes evident in your choices and lifestyles regarding divine results. 
See, that's why Matthew understood in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16. Notice Matthew 7 and 16. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Matthew 7 and 16. You're going to know them. You'll become thoroughly acquainted with them. You're going to recognize them. You're going to perceive or find out them by their fruits. That which originates or comes from something, and in fact, it is a result. You're going to know them by the fruit. Let me say this to you, and I'm not picking on liars, but a liar after a while is going to be lying. Is that good deal for y'all? The result is they lie. Because why? That's who they are. They need to repent and get 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 right with God. And they, lies ain't the only one. But whatever it is, you jealousy. You hateful. You mean. You got jealousy thing going on. You got to repent and get that thing right with God. Because after a while, people going to notice you jealousy. Riding up somebody's house. Stalking outside. Looking in the window. Gimbo, that's you? You don't want to see anybody in there with you. Spirit of jealousy. Call the police. 911. Well, I don't want nothing to happen to him. Call the police. I'm sorry, y'all. Give me back on. I told you, I've been getting off of the ranch. I got to pray for me. I need Jesus. But you're going to know him by the fruit, y'all. You're going to know him by the fruit. Our choice influence our fruit, and our fruit will reveal our choices. Let me say it to you again. Our choices influence our fruit, and our fruit will reveal our choices. People know us and will know us, uh, people, uh, an effect that they have on us and the effect they have on them. See, healthy, vibrant, and fresh fruits such as grace, peace, love, forgiveness leaves a positive effect. Spoiled, damaged fruits such as envy, bitterness, fear, insecurity leaves a negative effect. And repentance gets us back. To good. And let me say this. Choosing to repent gets you back to good. Choosing to repent. Nobody going to make you repent. Nobody going to make you go to God and say, God, please forgive me. But it's a good decision to make, though. Nobody going to make you go to God and say, God, you know what? I messed up. And nobody going to make you go to your neighbor and say, you know what, neighbor? I, I wronged you. Nobody going to make you. Nobody going to make you. Uh, let me say this. Nobody gonna make me go to my wife and say, honey, I was wrong. And you were right. And I try to justify my decision. I gotta do this on my own. Nobody gonna make me. Nobody, well, I'm pro- I, 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 I. No, just repent and go and say, you know what? I was wrong. I messed up. I did wrong. Listen, no excuses. I was just wrong. Why'd you do it? I was thinking crazy. I had crazy thoughts. Please forgive me. Well, 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 well. Nah. Either you're going to forgive me or you're not going to forgive me. But I'm going to do my part and ask you to forgive me. Are y'all following me now? But is that too deep for some of y'all? Boy, y'all looking hard today. But I want to make sure we get this. This is the plain. So that I want nobody to say, well, Pastor, I didn't understand what you said. Nah. I'm going to make sure you understand. When you're wrong, just ask for forgiveness. And keep moving on. If you're right, sometimes you still have to go and say, you know what? I was wrong about this. I was right, Pastor Don. I know you was. But Jesus was right too. 
Y'all forgot about that, right? You know Jesus was right, don't you? Y'all, you and, and Jesus was right about you. And when everybody else gave up on you, he was still right about you. Woo, glory be to God. That's why it's, it's imperative. It's imperative in order to get healthy, vibrant, and fresh fruit, we must make the decision to seek and consider God daily in all that we do and allow him to regulate our lives. I'm going to read to you Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. When you acknowledge, when you consider or find out God's will for your life, he'll direct you, he'll manage you, he'll govern and regulate your life. And your path, well, your way of living, your, excuse me, your life and so forth. And see, I believe he wants to govern or manage our choices if we allow him to. I believe he wants to. I really do. And see, again, if you got godly choices, you're going to make godly results. Godly choices equal godly results. Well, Pastor, I made a good choice, but was it a God choice? And there's a difference, you know, between a good choice and a God choice, don't you? Because everything that's good ain't necessarily God. Woo. All right, let me get out of that. Let's finish up Joshua 24. We did 15. We're going to look at 16 through 18. In just a few minutes, we're going to close this out. Joshua 24, we're going to look at verse 16 through 18. And these are the divine results that we receive from serving the Lord. We start at verse 16, Joshua 24, 16. So the people answered and said, now remember Joshua's in bringing this before them. Hey, who are you going to serve? You going to serve me, God, or are you going to serve the gods that's around you? Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to worship? Who are you going to labor for? Who are you going to work for? So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve of the gods. In other words, why are we going to depart or leave behind God to work for other gods? I mean, isn't the God that delivered us? Isn't it the God that healed our body? Isn't it the God that protects us? Isn't it the God that keeps gives a sound mind? Why are we going to leave the God to put a roof over my head to go after God who may not even have a roof? Why are we going to leave God that provides all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus to go after God that give me something and then jerk it away from it? Why do I go after that God when God has been so good to me? And then it says in 17, for the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt. Isn't it the same God who brought us up, who withdrew us from the land of the devil, who got us out of line, who got us out of unbelief, who got us out of drinking, who got us out of doing all types of mischief according to scripture? Isn't this the same God who got us out? Who got us out of Egypt or the land of bondage? Isn't this the same God who got us out? Why do I want to leave him? I love what Peter said. Uh, I think it was Peter, uh, excuse me, one of the disciples put one of the disciples. He said, where are we going to go? You got the words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? What other God's better than the God that we're serving right now? What other God is better than the God that we're serving right now? You got a better alternative? than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You got a better alternative than the one who has who died for me back on the cross at Calvary. You got a better alternative than the one who shed his blood for me. You got a better alternative than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I think not. You got to know who God is. 
You got to know who God is. And not only that, you got to know what he done for you. And you listen, listen, I can read a lot of scriptures, but it's got to be a personal thing. You got to know what God has done for you. And then you got to walk with that. I'm going to serve this God. Those from the house of bondage, from slavery, who did great signs in our sight, and God is still doing great signs in our sight. How many know God's love loading you daily with benefits? Every day he gives you something. Is that right? How many know God gave you something today? And you think God will give you something tomorrow, right? You know God is not going to run out neither. God would never run out. Never, ever, ever run out. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he preserved us. He kept us. He guarded us. He protected us in all that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Isn't the God that keeps us, guards us, protects us every day? Well, Pastor, I don't think he protects me. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff out there you can't see. A lot of stuff out there you can't see. Let me tell you something. Y'all think that uh, disease they know about something. You ought to see disease they don't have no clue about yet. And think you ain't protected. Well, Pastor, they over they oversee. Now, there's some stuff right they, I, I, I Listen, I ain't got no... Scripture to back this up, but there are probably some diseases right here in Biblia that you have no idea around you every day, but God protects you from because he loves you. Don't you ever think that God is slack on the job. Or, oh, but I, 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 I do this, that, and the other. It don't matter what you do. There's some stuff right now that will eat your mask and your hand sanitizer up. Let me tell you, they give you 52 shots and they still won't kill that stuff. That's what God protects you every day. God protects you every day. Every day. He preserves us. Verse 18. And the Lord drove out, cast out, he drove away from before all us, all the people, including the Amorites, uh, that name means a sayer who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord for he is our God. Those he drove things out. Let me tell you something. God drives stuff out of my house probably every day. That's how would he get in there? I know, me probably. But you know, hey, he drive it out. He drive it out. Not, I'll never have nothing in my house. That's what you think. That's what you think. Some stuff be riding down the road with you in the car. Riding in the car with you. When you get to the house, whoo, we home, y'all. <laughs> you walk out and you think, ain't nothing wrong with you. By the time you get to the door and get that, put that key in or hit that code in, all of a sudden you got something on you. Whoo! And people look at you, whoo, what's wrong with him, huh? Why the attitude, sir? Mm, it rolled with you. It, ro- it got in you in the, and everybody knows something wrong. You come like, oh, Lord, let me get the blood right now. You start slinging blood out there, be like, what's wrong with <laughs> You ain't never licked your thighs. Like, what's wrong with you today? Oh, oh, wait, wait, yeah. He licked your children. Talking about what's wrong with you today? What's wrong with your child today? Everybody got stuff, y'all. That's why we got the grace of God helping us. That's by grace are you saved, and not of your works. Who gonna boast in Him? Who gonna boast in Him when you got God doing all this for us on a day by day basis? Who gonna boast on God? Man, you got the nerve to like, well, I don't want to give God praise. I don't want to worship God. I don't want to, I don't want to turn in victory. I don't want to give God his tithes and offering. I don't want to do this. Why? Cause you got 
another God trying to get your attention. There's another God trying to get your attention because he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be served. He wants you to give him his money. The God of the social media, the God of the... I want your time. I, get, I got five minutes of Bible study and 45 minutes, two hours of TikTok. Okay, not TikTok. I got two, three minutes of studying scripture, but now I got you got four hours of television. Somebody trying to get your attention. Want you to serve other gods. Gods of the Amorites. See, Joshua understood who was the enemy in his midst. But God, he said that for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. When you make a decision to serve the Lord, you're going to get these godly results. And three of them, I'm list right here. He's going to bring you and your family out of bondage. He's going to bring you and your family out of bondage. Two, he's going to preserve us. He's going to preserve us. And three, he will drive things out of our lives. He will drive things out of our lives. Again, don't tell me you got nothing to drive out your life. Don't tell me he don't, because if you don't believe me, I'm going to ask your family. I'm going to ask your loved one. I'm going to ask the ones that when you came home from school. Ain't God wonderful to us, y'all? Well, I tell you, it, it's, it's nothing like the results of serving the Lord. Amen? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.